Are you ready? You bet I am. Someone light the candle. Turn out the lights. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. I'm just kidding. We're totally not doing this. Welcome to the Lady Dicks Podcast, Season 2. We're about to rain some seriously weird shit down on you. Pirates. Witches. And lots of bitches. More ghosts. Uh, I think they prefer to be called specters. Mummies. Lots of mummies. The wrapped in fabric kind, not the pack your lunch kind. Gangstas. Like gangs of New York. Like Al Capone. No Leo. No Leo. Ships. So many ships. Okay, so here's the deal. You can find us on all of your favorite podcasting apps, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. Seriously? Yeah, we're on Spotify. I mean, granted, I don't have Spotify, so I can't check. Well, search the Lady Dicks podcast on wherever you listen and you'll find us. Mommy, you're so giving content. That is not suitable for kids like me. Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Aaron Plyme and Marie Kent. Where we prove that we know nothing about our legal system, but we're still crazy for a good true crime story. Do you know how many weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks it took before Jordan and I figured out how to do our <laughs> intro <laughs> and you did it on the first try? Thank you. I am, I am a professional podcaster. It's true. <laughs> it's true. So hello, everyone. I am one of Diana and Aaron's friends. Yes. Yeah, I'm, an, I'm a dinner friend, and I'm also a podcaster, <laughs> and they invited me on to guest host today. I'm so excited. Yay! We're excited to have you. Yeah. So we are going to talk about your podcast. Um, we usually do that at the end, but mm-hmm. I am happy to mix it up if you want to mix it up. I'll mix it up real briefly, because I need okay. to tell you what I learned this week. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. Which probably has to do with... <laughs> <laughs> has to do with my life. All right. So my podcast, I do my Book of Mormon podcast, mm-hmm. which I mean, everybody listening just went, what? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They pretty much did. <laughs> yes. So in case you're wondering what you have a Mormon on your show. No, you guys, I I am not a Mormon. I've never been a Mormon. <laughs> I don't even play one on the podcast. I really don't. No, I definitely don't. What we've been doing is we've been reading through all of the religious texts of the Mormon church. And we, we made a drinking game out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, this is all just a really fancy way of saying that I am a history nerd, like, oh my God. And so, like, Mormon history is American history. And I care about American history. So that's what we're learning over there. That sounds very cool. I know nothing about history. Actually, pretty much that, like, we know nothing about the legal system. That's how mm-hmm. I live my life. Yeah. I know nothing about, like, I mean, I'm pretty well versed in Harry Potter. You, That's about it. Your knowledge of Harry Potter is like, oh, it I'm is so impressed. <laughs> it's bad. I, I think the only thing comparable is my knowledge of 1830s and 1840s, like Ohio and Missouri and Illinois, which is a real niche market, you guys. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, both of them kind of are. Yeah, that's true. So, um, I know nothing about history. 
Oh, I I only know this very specific thing. Right. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, okay, but I am dying to tell you what I learned. I I am <laughs> excited. It's but it's not related to I, I thought you were doing something it wasn't related to Mormonism. And, no, it's oh, okay, not. Okay. No. Uh, I bet all of your listeners can tell that I listen to your show cuz I'm like, but we have a segment we have to do. Right. Now there's something else that comes next. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, everybody. I am here to show you that you can learn things about yourself at any point in your life (laughs) because you can be like me and discover at age 37 that you are allergic to corn that sucks so hard it's a thing i had oh my god i feel so much better now that's good Uh, yeah i mean that is that is good it is fantastic but when (laughs) depending on where you look 75 to 90 percent of all food has corn in it in some way like processed food insane yeah because it's um Yeah. (laughs) But corn is not terribly digestible. No, but it's a really good filler. And depending on how you process it, it can be. It's cheap. It's a subsidized and it can be very sweet. Yeah. Or depending on how you do it, it can keep things from sticking together. So shredded cheese. Yep. You know, your ketchup, your yeah, uh, yeah, that alcohol. Yes, alcohol. Man, I did not know that vodka could be made from corn. It's so tragic. Also popcorn. Also popcorn. I never liked popcorn. Like, never, ever. And I was never a huge fan of cornbread. And now that I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, but... Right. uh, Yeah. You just had this, like, subconscious, like, now I feel like crap. Yeah, Yeah, but the the way that I hear some people when they figure out that they have um, celiac and so they remove Mm -hmm. gluten and all of a sudden they're like, oh, my joints don't hurt anymore. Girl, it me. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And so I'm thrilled to learn what I learned. What did you learn? Um, Okay, so I definitely learned shit about Harry Potter this week (laughs) because binge mode. I learned that um, young professionals in orientation within their first like two months at a new company are willing Mm -hmm. to dress up like a hippogriff. In front of everyone. <laughs> Maybe I should work at your company. It's kind of amazing. I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually, I learned a lot about knitting this week, which isn't really a fact that I can like share. Oh, But yeah. um, just sort of in general, because I hadn't ever really followed a pattern before. Oh. And I had never like made something square before. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were de- were you following a pattern when you were sitting on my uh-huh. floor knitting I was a couple days ago? Attempting to follow yeah. a pattern, not successfully. It was supposed to look okay. like a grid, and oh. when I was finished, I mean, there were definitely horizontal lines and definitely mm-hmm. vertical lines. Yes, uh, n- that none of them lined up. So. <laughs> I have almost made a nine by nine square once. You know, everybody starts reading patterns somewhere. Well, mine was more of a um, writing down the pattern was the problem. Oh, and I missed it. some stitches. And then mm-hmm. the whole thing doesn't line up. Knitting, it, like in some ways it's really forgiving, but in others, oh, hell no. Yeah, this is not, yeah. not so much. Yeah. So. To catch everyone up, um, Aaron and Diana and I and a bunch of other friends, we meet pretty much every week possible in knit, which is amazing. And so I wish this was a knitting podcast because we could go so long about knitting. Maybe we should just do a spinoff knitting podcast. We have the equipment and (laughs) we have so much free time. 
Absolutely. I mean, just <laughs> we'd have like, I have, like nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I'll be editing this Monday night at about nine o'clock. <laughs> you know, that's that is the way that God intended, says the girl who does not have a religious podcast, but is kind of about religion. I feel like you do have a religious podcast. I think I might. I think I might. I think you do. Yeah. I mean, whether or not you buy into any of it, I, mm-hmm. it, I'm, it is the Book of Mormon. Like, I feel like that's kind of by definition. Yeah. Well, I mean, my story, it's not about the book. Well, I mean, it is about the Book of Mormon. But when I tell my story, <laughs> you guys, um, I, I mean, I don't know your, uh, who your audience is other than I know that I am your audience. Yeah. Clearly. I mean, you're, you're kind of our audience. I, I am. Like, really pretty much like... Everyone is exactly like me. Pretty awesome. much, That's yeah, yeah. Uh, but just in case there are people listening who are, they, they're absolutely true-believing Mormons, cool, I'm going to tell that perspective. And if you're like, <laughs> what's a Mormon? I got you covered. Good, good. Um, and also if you're like, oh, Mormons, grr, I got that covered too. <laughs> nice. Don't worry about it. I've got, I'm going to have all the perspectives. Nice. I am going to talk about Satan a little <gasps> bit on mine, actually. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, you tell your story first. I need to hear about Satan. So I, it's not so much about Satan, but that's like a component. That's actually my thread that ties everything together. Ah, uh, yes, because you're doing your uh, things are every story is tied together. Yes, in a, the previous one. Yes, it is. Shall we say knit together with a common oh strand? Oh my god! <laughs> I think you're gonna fit right in. <laughs> Nice. Thanks. Um, yes. So that that is that is my tie. So do you want me to go first? I okay. do. Tell me about okay. Satan. All right. So here's, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go first. And I'm going to tell a story, and it is definitely sensational, and I think it's interesting, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And okay. then you're going to go and totally put me to shame with all of your wonderful research. <laughs> well, there's this thing that happens when you've been <laughs> doing a podcast for years. And like we're we're pretty tied to like what we're reading, yeah. And so we're learning history, but like there are stories that we just can't get to, and I have been full to bursting on telling these. Oh well, perfect. I have an outlet for you. Yes, <laughs> you're really doing me a favor. Okay, oh, back, awesome. Yeah, I back to Satan. Back to Satan. Around. Okay. I'm sorry, it's not about me. It's about Satan. First, it's about pedophilia. Oh, I know. Oh, this is all really bad, and I feel like it gives like satanic cults a bad name if that is a possible thing <laughs> depends on perspective i yeah all right so my story is about miranda barber and it is a relatively as in like this decade story okay okay which in a lot of ways makes it even more tragic mm-hmm. okay so the thread that I am using is last time I told a story, which guys, oh my God, I'm so sorry about that story. I have had a cold for like a month. And um, yeah, I was not not terribly coherent. It's like you took some Sudafed. <laughs> a lot. And, and then <laughs> turned on the microphone. <laughs> Timing. Timing. And I kept forgetting I was telling a story and it just... It was rough, but I'm fairly certain there was a cult involved. Well, actually, I'm fairly certain there wasn't, but people claimed there was. So like, okay. that counts. Or maybe there was. I felt very unclear about it, even when I wasn't mm-hmm. taking tons of Sudafed. 
Um, but this one definitely has cult involvement or at least claims of cult involvement. So that's my thread. So Miranda had a terrible childhood and I read through the story and I don't know that she ever stood a chance. Mm, yeah. Um, which is just awful. And I, I know there are other people who have terrible childhoods that probably don't stand a chance and, and yet they do okay. Mm-hmm. So she is definitely to blame. But man, this poor little girl. So when she was four years old, her mother, whose name is Elizabeth, who appears in this story quite a bit, claims that she never went to stay with anyone except for her mother's sister and brother-in-law. And so that was like the only people that ever watched her that she was ever alone with other than, you know, her her mom and dad at the time, which is so unlucky if it is true, because, of course, her uncle. Ah, yeah, that uncle. he was that uncle. he was that uncle. And by the age of four was abusing her sexually. And she just was going through all kinds of shit. Yeah, it is not a surprise. Um, and actually, let me, let me let me back up and do some fancy editing to make this sound coherent. Um, so the uncle's name is Richard Fernandez. And he was a former member of the army. Um, he is now 43 in 2013. He was 43 years old. Um, at the time he had been married to Miranda's aunt, Melissa. So mother's sister. Um, and they all lived in Alaska, which is where she lives off and on throughout the story. Okay. She lives in a number of different States. Um, the he was eventually caught so Miranda told her mom and everything you know he got caught he was sentenced to 10 years in prison Ooh. for first degree sexual assault of a minor which I mean kudos to wow. the justice system I feel like that doesn't happen enough that is not where I was expecting this story to go no okay uh, he got out uh, well that is where I expected this story yeah. to go he served six years, which in a lot of ways sounds like a pretty good chunk of the sentence, considering I feel like people always yeah. just get out really, really mm-hmm. early. But then he went right back in 2011. He was distributing child pornography. Gross. Yeah. Dude. Right. Ugh. So he's back in prison, hopefully forever at this point. That'd be a gr- that's not long enough. No, it's not. Yeah. The only good thing about it is that my understanding of people who hurt children and then go to prison is that prison sucks a lot for them. Oh, darn. I know. <laughs> it's the only saving grace yeah. in any of this. Um, so, of course, this damaged Miranda a lot. So several years later, Miranda and her mother and her father... Uh, who was married to her mother at the time, and her older sister, Ashley, moved a couple hundred miles south to another, still in Alaska. Mm -hmm. They, you know, enrolled in school and they tried to get over all of this horrible stuff that had happened to her. However, when she was 12, she started to really act out, which, again, not surprising. Kind of normal, yeah. Yeah. And she started to run away and fell into this or sought out this relationship with a 25-year-old who was the leader of a satanic cult. Oh. Yes. And his name was Forrest, and that is the only name that we have at all. Okay. Forrest the satanic cult, dude. Forrest, yes. 
So one day when she was 12 years old, she came home and she told her mother that she belonged to this 25-year-old named Forrest, who was the leader of a cult, and that he had branded her by carving a swastika into the back of her neck (gasps) and carving his name onto her thigh, and that now she had to do whatever he told her to because he owned her. Oh, uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mom, of course, reacted really badly to this, but she also was going through a divorce at the time. So there was a lot on her plate as well. Yeah. They sent Miranda away for some time to a a program that didn't do enough good. Yeah. And shortly after she came back, she um, got into heroin and just ran away more frequently and just had lots and lots of issues. When she was 13 years old, she got pregnant. At 13? At 13. Oh, God. And I don't know if it was Forrest or other members of the cult, but somehow in this relationship, they did a home abortion to get rid of the baby, which was described as brutal. Yeah. I mean, not just that it was a home, but it was apparently a pretty rough home abortion as well. So she went back into the drug rehab was called North Star and Mm -hmm. she went back for a while. And again, it just didn't do enough for all of the stuff that she had been through at this point. And she came home. She then got pregnant again, this time at the age of 17. And the father of this child is not really known So Miranda claims that he died or perhaps was murdered, Um, but they didn't ever really confirm who it was. So it's hard to tell if that was Mm -hmm. the truth. And um, this baby she kept. So she gave birth to a little girl and she named her Aria. And for all appearances, she seemed to really like this baby and really dote on her and really want to be a good mom to her. Uh, Lots of pictures on Facebook, because, of course, you know, now it's like 2011 and Facebook. Yeah, Facebook is a thing. It is. And so she she raised her daughter for a little while. And she's I mean, at this point, she's a teenager still. um, Still has issues with heroin, still belongs to Forrest and this cult that she's in. That's when she met Elette Barber. And I am not certain that is how you say this name, but it is E-L-Y-T-T-E. Oh, Elite? 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 Well, whatever it is, I'm butchering it. (laughs) (laughs) with Elite. Sure. So they were living in North Carolina at the time that she met her future husband. Mm -hmm. They got married and uh, started to raise her daughter together. Okay. She didn't ever claim that he was the father, so this was somebody new in her life. Mm-hmm. Also, during that time, in order to, I guess, support her new family, she, Miranda would put ads on Craigslist and sell herself to whoever. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Oh, that's... Mm. Hired herself out as a companion or a female companion is what all of her ads said. Okay. Prices ranging from $50 to $850 an hour. Oh, my. Which I feel like. Yeah. I feel like were I ever going to do this, which I am definitely never going to do this. (laughs) But I feel like that's how my ad would go, too, because I honestly have absolutely no concept of what people actually charge or how you determine your value I think it's all negotiation. 
Probably, but like I wouldn't even know. I don't know what where I start. Fair. Right? Yeah, because I feel like it would have to be several million dollars an hour for me to even <laughs> consider. <laughs> but I'm also what? fairly certain no one would pay that, which is part of the point. <laughs> I just, man, I I'm way too much of a rule follower to figure that out. And also, Craigslist personal ads don't exist anymore. Got yeah. taken down, which is a real shame. Oh yeah, yeah, kind of like Cannibal Cafe and all those other wonderful. <laughs> I just feel like Craigslist ads so frequently in true crime stories lead to murder or some awful, like people selling their children, like just Mm -hmm. terrible shit. Yeah. So I'm sure people also sold like cars and furniture and things that were more. I mean, I got a bunch of uh, toy trains off of Craigslist. Right. And the guy had no idea what he was selling. And I got several hundred dollars worth of stuff for 100. And Oh, nice. Yeah. He did try to talk me into paying more for it. And I was like, nope. And then I left, which I, I, don't, I, I don't think that's comparable to selling yourself on Craigslist. But that's my Craigslist story. So right. I don't um, think I've ever sold or purchased anything on Craigslist. But I mean, now there are whole apps that are just yeah. for that purpose. Like which there's an app for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I well, guess, you know. Okay, so she is selling herself on the Craigslist. Yeah, oh somewhere between 50 and 850. I mean, she has a package for all budgets. Absolutely. It's good to diversify. It's, yep. That's a solid business model. Um, so it sounds like. Some of these ads were placed with the intention of selling herself on Craigslist in order to make money. Yeah. But at least, according to her, three of them were placed not so much for that as to lure someone to her home where she and her husband could then, you know, murder them. (laughs) So... Craigslist it meets all needs well like I said you know for the purposes of murder that's kind of what it's for so later in an interview Miranda claimed that there were at least two dates that she and her husband arranged although of course the guy didn't know the husband was involved Mm -hmm. um, where they were no shows okay which also makes sense like that I yeah yeah (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was really disappointing to them because they had intended to murder the guy and then he didn't show up and then they didn't get to have their fun. Gosh, how anticlimactic for them. In so many ways. Oh. Yeah, pretty much. She is also only 19 at this point. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Which, when I was 19, I was like, oh, that's totally an adult. And now that I'm not 19 anymore, although I will say for the record that I am still not the oldest one on the podcast, even at this moment. <laughs> but only by a couple of months (laughs) (laughs) but wow but yeah now it is not 19 is not a grown-up that is a young child i feel like that's a proto-adult but still i mean even i i I mean i would say even 17 16 13 year olds would know that selling yourself on craigslist is not the safest thing for you and also the re- hopefully the rest of society knows also maybe not the safest way, but apparently not everybody uses their wisdom in the way that they should she didn't she's 19 she's okay 19. keep going oh, well and really to be fair it was safe for her because they had a plan so she went and picked up her date on november 11th 2013 
That is a lie. It is actually November 11th, 2015. And Elette, mm-hmm. or however you say his name, hid in the back of the car underneath a blanket. Um, and she was in the driver's seat and she picked up her date who, she's this tiny little girl and I didn't actually find it. I didn't see where it gave like her height or her weight or whatever, Mm -hmm. but she looks like a kid in high school. Like she's a little tiny young girl. Mm. Um, her guy that she picked up, her victim was six, two and weighed 278 pounds. So a lot bigger than her. Yeah. So we let hid in the back of the car under the blanket until she gave him the signal. At which point he popped out with a cable cord, which I don't exactly know what that is unless we're talking about like cable like in your house. I feel like at that time it would be cable in your house. So basically right. just a strong, strong wire covered right. with rubber, probably. He wrapped it around the victim and held him down so that she could stab him over <gasps> 20 times. Why? Which did not kill him. Ouch. Because that that was their plan. Like that's why they lured him there was they so that they could, to... they just wanted to kill him. Somebody. Anybody, really. I I mean, I've had some bad days where I'm like, "Ugh, I just want to uh, but I have never followed through. Three times. Right. And this was a lot of planning and like spend. I mean, at least it had to be days Mm -hmm. where they were considering doing this and like planning it. And so it gets worse. So um, how does it get worse? We have a huge guy in the car. uh, Bleeding and spasming. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. They're never going to get that out of the seats. Never. Never. So they drove around a little bit more. He was apparently choking and gasping for air. His uh, name is La Ferreira. This is his last name. Okay. And uh, they sort of drove around and looked for somewhere that they could dump him, essentially, so that, you know, they could, I guess, get away with it. I guess if you never take anyone in your car, then there's no reason for any, unless the upholstery is white, maybe they would never know. It doesn't seem like a very good plan, considering that they planned for so long. Yeah, I, I feel like you would have to, you should also plan the after you have stabbed somebody thing. And, okay, so, obviously I don't frequently plan murders, but... <laughs> but if you did. But I do frequently think about how I would murder someone. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually where I start. Yeah. It's like, okay, so, I can't quite think about the killing part. And I don't know who I'd want to murder. But like yeah. afterwards, what am I going to do to get away with it? That's where uh-huh. I start. Yeah. They didn't really think that. They part did the opposite. Through. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. They were like, we don't care. We just want to murder somebody and then we'll figure it out afterwards. Man, those are different life choices than what I've made. Yeah. Mm. Same. Yeah. Same. I'm pretty happy with mine. Really. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they ended up strangling La Ferreira and they dropped his corpse. I, it doesn't say where but just you know somewhere in just away somewhere off the beaten path where hopefully nobody would find him for a little bit yes then they went to a strip club because it was her husband's Iletti his (laughs) 22nd birthday and they needed to celebrate in some manner other than stabbing and strangling a random stranger in their car and then dumping his body also, wow. wow, is this look on your face? My first thought is, 
you're covered in blood. Yeah, I was going to go there too. I was like, <laughs> did they bring a change of clothes? I don't, maybe they went home first and like they went to a strip club just sometime and after then on like, that same day. Did, did they put down a tarp on the seats? Because I mean, even if you did change your clothes, you still got to like sit on that seat where there was a guy who was bleeding. I mean, so I wouldn't th- that like get on your jeans? I feel like Illette now has to ride in the back seat everywhere. Like nobody can sit yeah. in the passenger seat anymore. That's done. Maybe they just have a spare passenger seat. Maybe they had two cars. A spare passenger seat. <laughs> like, and they just popped it out and replaced it they, with another surely one. Surely they do that. Maybe they live next to a junkyard. I am giving them so much benefit <laughs> of the doubt right now. This is ridiculous. <laughs> or they didn't, gonna... <laughs> they didn't think through, like, where they were going to put the body. Or, but they but had they a spare have a spare seat. seat. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> also, I don't even want to think about it really but like okay did they hire a sitter like they're yeah. surely their daughter is not attending these events i'm gonna guess the the daughter is safely somewhere else being very happily and well cared for in a house full of love and adequate food yeah god i hope so yes let's just all believe that everybody okay back to the strip club okay so they went to the strip club for a little while you know went home went about their their business so of course this person was missed. La Ferrera yeah. was missed. And so the police, in in what seems to be uncommon in these stories, did a really yeah. good job of investigating oh. and traced his last phone call to her. Because she'd yeah. given him her number and he'd called her. And so there was also that going on. Yeah. Yeah. So they went to her house and they arrested her. She didn't really try to say she hadn't done it or wasn't involved so again (laughs) not the best planning a couple days later they arrested her husband after she had talked to them for a while okay um and shortly after that she gave an interview with the press oh girl no oh bad idea oh what did she say so in this interview she kind of told the whole story so everything that we know plus that she had a murderous alter ego or multiple personality, or all kinds of... Whose name was Super Miranda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which really <laughs> does not inspire fear. Wow. But Super Miranda came out uh, whenever she was like in a murderous rage and needed to kill people. So driven by oh. whatever it was that Forrest and his cult had inspired within her. Um, she said that she only ever killed bad people. Was LaFerrer a bad guy, or was he just a guy? Well, I mean, he responded to an ad for sex online. But that's not, well, I mean, if it's between consenting adults, I feel I like it's a, that's a totally okay thing. I, but it does not fit the definition of, like, the, no. other, the other people that she talked about were, like, murderers and, or, like, people that were dangerous in some way or had committed a crime or had hurt somebody, and then, like, this guy just happened to respond to a Craigslist ad. Mm. Desperate. Like at most, I feel like desperate. Yeah. Desperate know. does not equal evil. No. Necessarily. No. So how many bad people you may be asking yourself? Yes. I'm like, Would you like to guess how many she confessed to? Oh God. Um Oh, I'm gonna go with seven. So she's 19 years old. Yes. She's been in this cult since she was 12. So that's, you know, seven years. Yeah. I think she should go higher. 
No. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go. Oh man. Oh, I. I don't. I don't want to. Twenty-one. Higher. Shut up. This is a bad idea. Okay. Forty. So she said it was more than twenty-two, but less than a (laughs) hundred. No. No. Oh. Um, so she said that the very first murder that she was ever involved in, which really started this spree of hers, was with Forrest, the satanic cult leader. That they had gone into an alley. There was a dude there. He's like, hey, I'm going to kill this guy. Here's uh-huh. a gun. And shot him. Uh, but didn't kill him. And then came up to her and said, okay, now it's your turn. You need to shoot him and finish the job. And she was like, no, 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 I hate guns. I don't ever use guns. I'm not going to do that. So he grabbed her hand and he held it around the gun and they pulled the trigger and they killed the guy. And then that just awoke super Miranda. And which I cannot say without wanting to laugh. And and that from then on, she had to just kill all of these somewhere between 22 and 100 which again these large ranges yeah i get the feeling she's not very good with numbers yeah i mean when i think of i'm trying to think of something that i would estimate between like 22 and 100 i'd be like number of times i've stubbed my toe on the kitchen chair yeah you know yeah but i feel like murdering someone would be something that you keep track of at least closer Right? Yeah. Especially when it's not over 50 years. No, it's when it's over seven years, but she was also like in it, probably in an inpatient, like psych thing for a while. Right. Or rehab, which is, you know, like, I there's not a lot of kill. Oh, wow. 22 to okay, girl. Yeah. Wow. So, but here's the thing there's no way in hell that happened because. So she claimed that this happened um, in Alaska, in Texas, in North Carolina, and in California. Because those are all the places she lived during that okay. time period. That she just kind of went around killing people. Are there commensurate unclaimed dead bodies? There are not. Especially mm. in Alaska. Where, yeah. like, it's, you know, there aren't that many people. And especially in the places that she lived. And, okay. like, no. There just aren't bodies. So not only that, but her dad who she did live with for part of this period Mm -hmm. um, and her mom both said that in some of these places, like they were already aware of all the shit going on in her life Mm -hmm. and kept a very close eye on her. And that in Texas and I forget what the other state was, it must've been California that, that she was never even out of their sight the entire time they were there. So maybe she's just making up this 22 to 100 story because, look, all these people are paying attention to me. Let's tell something super exciting. Pretty much. Her dad said that it's possible that the gun in the alley and the that first murder happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although there's not a body to go with that one either. But she was not terribly clear about like where or when. Mm-hmm. And so it maybe, maybe that maybe. happened. She would have been unsupervised. He said that during that that sort of time period of her life when this probably would have happened that she had run away several times for multiple days at a time. So Mm -hmm. he didn't know what she'd been up to and he knew she was capable of murdering people. Maybe, maybe, Um, but that the rest of the time there's just no way. 
And even her friends, like everyone who knows her, just there's no way. The police have not or had not at the time of these articles gone to her to get a whole lot of detail about all of this because they just didn't have the bodies you know and they were investigating and trying to match things up and but there just wasn't a crime to investigate and that's a good thing it is such a good thing i'm really glad i was afraid there was going to be this is the story of the mass murderer you never heard of and right or it's some girl with who's had a legitimately terrible childhood and you know got some issues right who happened to be in front of a news camera yeah yeah, and I mean, she definitely had some issues. She yeah. definitely murdered this one guy with absolutely no remorse. And and then went about her life as if nothing had mm. happened and would presumably have continued doing that. But her claim is that she is happy to show the police and FBI and whoever wants to investigate where these bodies are, that the reason that no one has found the bodies is because they're looking for whole bodies, but she cut them all up and dumped mm-hmm. like pieces of them in the lake and pieces of them along the interstate and all of this other... Does she even own a bone saw? I don't... I, I feel like I have maybe no, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like there's just no chance. I mm-hmm. I don't even know that I believe the gun one. I do feel like it's quite the escalation from like nothing to let's brutally stab this guy many times and then strangle Mm -hmm. him and then not feel anything about it but it doesn't make any sense that she would go from carefully dismembering and hiding bodies in multiple states over a period of years to driving around looking for a place to dump a whole body and then only getting away with it for a couple of days like, what happened? None of this may really makes sense. No, none of it makes any sense. Huh. So that is my maybe, but probably not, serial killer. <laughs> that maybe, but possibly not, was in a cult. I, I'm going to go with uh, probably not a very good cult or even maybe just a group of people. And this one guy happened to be like, yeah, I'm of the Church of Satan. Yeah. And I say this because the Satanic Temple in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. my fair city, um, they hold a bake sale every year. Oh, yeah. And it is a really good bake sale. And they are so nice. Well, and that's everything I have ever heard about, like, confirmed people who claim, you know, that this is this is what they believe and this is how they worship and this is the group they belong to. It's not this, like, dark, we're going to go out and no. carve our names into people and then murder everybody just for fun. It's never no. that. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Hmm. I, I think it was a terrible, tragic childhood, followed by seeking out really horrible influences, mm-hmm. followed by a ton of attention from authority figures, and seeking more attention from authority figures. Or a lot of the articles that I was reading said that, you know, maybe this was her trying to set herself up for an insanity defense mm-hmm. or, you know, some other diminished capacity kind of, which honestly, I. She should never be allowed to go free again. But if she spent the rest of her life in a hospital, I feel like that would be great. Yeah, that might that be an okay fair. life. Yeah. So heavily medicated and mm-hmm. and hopefully with some joy. I don't know. That's a hard life. Yeah. Like whatever. 
Regardless of how we feel about her, she's had a hard life. She did. No, she had a really terrible, terrible start that I... The, her mom, Elizabeth, in a bunch of articles, like both of her parents were very happy to talk to the press, which always rubs me the wrong way. Oh, that's creepy. Right? And in everything that I saw from her mom, she said, oh, well, we sent her to blah, 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 but they just didn't give her the help she needed. And so I feel like there was not very much done for this poor girl, that there was yeah. a lot of like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll call the cops and then we'll like make an effort or well yeah but it wasn't it wasn't genuine it wasn't extensive enough there wasn't enough effort to put into it and that sounds a lot like we'll just send her away for a bit and she'll be fixed yeah when it's like there's nothing to fix no no there's yeah yeah huh so super tragic also tragic story this little girl looks just like 30 kids that i taught like she just looks like a kid she just looks huh, like yeah, a, well, nothing, not even. Well, because she was just a kid. She was, but mm-hmm. she just looks like you wouldn't look at her and think, even the way that she was dressed and her hair and her mm-hmm. makeup, and you wouldn't look at her and go, oh, I bet she murdered somebody. Like, <laughs> no. Or I bet that she's addicted to heroin, or I bet she yeah. writes Craigslist ads for somewhere between $50 and $850. Oh, man. Also, that's a really arbitrary range. It really 50 is. 850 Wouldn't you go. To a thousand? You know, nice round number. Right? But that's also me, and I like firm boundaries. So. I feel like one of my firm boundaries is like, you're not going to touch me no matter how much you pay me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gross. <laughs> Just. <laughs> and if that mm. is your thing, like, go for it. But yeah. I, that is, no. Be safe yeah. about it. Yeah, not a random Craigslist stranger either. Never just get into a stranger's car. Even if she's this tiny, no. cute little girl with mm-hmm. a bulgy blanket in her backseat. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that should be. So there is the rule of your show. Call your people. Yes. <laughs> and all there should also be when getting into a car and there's a lumpy blanket in the back. Yeah. Don't get into that car. Right. Yeah. Because you know there's some dude with cable wire back there. I, it, right. Definitely. And a knife. Or maybe she had the knife. I, I, yeah. So, hmm. yeah. I would say don't get into strangers' cars when you've, like, met them on the internet. But I do that all the time. That's called Uber. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And it's a little it's a little different in the modern day. Like, Uber wasn't even really around in 2011, was it? I don't Or was it so. like a, a, a glint in the eye of the iPhone? Maybe. Something like that. Hmm. Yeah. It. I didn't know about it. But, of course, the place that I moved from... In June, there was no such thing as rideshare. Ah. You might get one person, like, once a week who, like, accidentally found their way there. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> well, so, yeah. I think I'm going to completely contrast your story. Okay. With something completely different that it does, it does involve <laughs> religion, but way more than you think possible. Okay. Are you ready? I am. Okay, everybody. We're going to talk about Orrin Porter Rockwell, a.k.a. Porter, a.k.a. Old Port, a.k.a. The Destroying Angel. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, so. The Destroying Angel. The Destroying Angel. That is such a better moniker than Super Miranda. (laughs) 
Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I can't even, yeah. <laughs> so, Rockwell, he was born on either June 28th, 1813, or maybe June 25th, 1815. Uncertain. And so I would have thought the year would have been consistent. You know, one would think, but... Yeah. Meh. Yeah. So he was born whatever year this is. Right. Sometime early 1800s-ish. Yes. In Belchertown, Massachusetts. And by 1830, he lived in Fayette in western New York. Okay. And you're looking at me like, so? But I guarantee that everyone who has ever identified as Mormon is losing their freaking mind right now. Okay. You know why? No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Let's talk about Mormonism. (laughs) Marie's a nerd. (laughs) She looks so insanely delighted. It's like when Diana talks about insurance, guys. I'm. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Um. So Joseph Smith. Have you? Do you know the name Joseph Smith? I do know the name Joseph Smith. Yes. I also went to school with a guy whose name was Joseph Smith, but totally unrelated. Okay. Yeah. Well, this Joseph Smith in 1827. Mm -hmm. he either received some golden plates yes. from an angel named Moroni and begins right. translating these plates to create the Book of Mormon. Or, or in 1827, he decides to start a new religion and makes up a bunch of stories that his friends write down to him for him that turn into the Book of Mormon. Either way. But as, as, he, as he's doing this, by early 1830, Joseph Smith is working to get it published and Rockwell... Yeah. In the same town. He's about eight years younger, and he's doing odd jobs around town to help pay for the printing of the very first Book of Mormon. Oh. Yeah. So so on April 6th, 1830, the Mormon church was founded. And I, okay, everybody, humongous caveat right here. I'm using the terminology Mormon, which is what the majority of people understand, right? Right. But um, back then, they were called Church of Christ. But today, depending on who you're talking to, this could be referred to as Mormon, Mm -hmm. Community of Christ, RLDS, or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay. Right? So I mean, I've heard a number of those. I did not know they were the same thing. (laughs) Depending on perspective, they are, you know, nuts to that. We're just going to go with Mormon, everybody. Right? Yeah, that sounds good. That's also the shortest one. Oh. Yes, please. Really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. So we're still in 1830. And Rockwell, of course, joins the church for his buddy, well, Joseph yeah. Smith. Yeah, right. And he was the youngest member of the first group of people that joined. Oh. And shortly after this, Joseph Smith re- receives a revelation from God mm-hmm. um, that, hey, everybody, we're going to go to Kirtland, Ohio, which they all do in 1831. Can I just say how trippy it is that, mm-hmm. like, this is not that long ago nope. and it takes place in ohio <laughs> yes <laughs> like these are just not it's not like in israel like thousands of years ago no, no it's just like you know last week in ohio <laughs> yeah like we have most of these documents like the things that i'm going to read like i found them because you can see pdfs of them online that's just yeah. bizarre it to is me. insane so like we know um that in 1831 he, Joseph is like, we're going to Kirtland, Ohio, which is basically right near Cleveland. Okay. Okay. Right. right. And so Rockwell follows along. And around two years later, at approximately age 18, he marries Luana Beebe on February 2nd, 1832. Okay. Right. So now we're in Kirtland. And Joseph Smith is receiving a divine revelation from God all 
the time. I just don't feel like God goes to Ohio. <laughs> oh, I'm God. Just... God visited Ohio a lot. <laughs> just a lot. <laughs> God cares so much about talking through his prophet Joseph Smith that he, like these things, they're just everyday th- stuff with the church. Also theology. Also sending missionaries out. He tried. They try and fail to form a bank. Um, which failed spectacularly. But the thing that we care about, because we're talking... Bank. A bank. The most religious of industries. <laughs> the Kirtland Safety Society. Uh-huh. Didn't... No. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. But the the revelation we care about is that Joseph, like, everybody gets to Kirtland, and yeah. then he's like, the promised land is in Independence, Missouri. Missouri. Conveniently where the cheapest land is. Uh, oh, Indian, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Indian Removal Act had just happened, and so this had just been cleaned out, depending right. on perspective, or mass genocide is ongoing, depending on perspective. I, I'm going to go with the latter. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that would be my perspective, mm-hmm. but, yep. you know, mm-hmm. whatever. God is yeah. also apparently historically pretty cool with that, so. <laughs> yeah, so Rockwell happened to be one of the first ones that goes out to Missouri to kind of, like, scope out this promised land. Right. Which, think of the timing, everybody. This is frontier America. And what? so while Rockwell is out there, he gets real good with his gun. Yeah. Real good. So have you heard of somebody, like, Wyatt Earp? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. at this time, he was the same level of fame. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you're wondering, okay, so let's, this whole perspective thing is what does the church today think of this guy? So, here's what the official church stance is. If you go to lds.org, Latter-day Saints.org, yeah, yeah. because of his fearlessness, a number of unfounded charges were made against him, and he became a hunted man. <laughs> In defense, <laughs> murdered the shit out of a bunch of people. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, in defense of his faithful and valiant friend, the prophet Joseph said, Orrin Porter Rockwell, who is now a fellow wanderer with myself, is in exile from his home because of the murderous deeds and infernal fiendish dispositions and unrelenting hand of the Missourians. So, <laughs> sorry. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can present all these perspectives and be super, like, kind. I'm going to just laugh <laughs> he is an innocent and noble boy may god almighty deliver him from the hands of his pursuers but the blessings of salvation and honor be his portion history of the church chapter 5 section 125 <laughs> or it's the frontier of the west and he's a large dude with a gun yeah and like if you want to think of like what does he look like he's a stocky guy and accounts differ of when he started this but joseph apparently promised him that if he never cut his hair a bullet would never harm him. So I think like Samson from the Old yeah. Testament. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So, but let's think about guns. <laughs> yeah, guns. About guns. How how likely? Well, I guess if you're going to go out and shoot lots of people, your odds of being mm-hmm. shot in return increase drastically. Yeah. Well, this is the era of mob mentality. So yeah. like there's the lawman, but there's also the yeah. lynch mob. Like this is this it's frontier America. So, like, this is kind of, think of this setting, but then also think of there's this religious movement that's starting. Yeah. And so suddenly there's a lot of people in Missouri, like, kind of bouncing back and forth between Ohio and Missouri. Because, weirdly. Well, because Joseph, <laughs> yeah, Joseph is mostly in Ohio. Yeah. Um, but he keeps on having this revelation. He's like, everybody, you got to go to Zion. Give us all your money to join our church and go to Zion. And right. so this is where the Mormons are starting to move 
en masse from Kirtland to Independence, and it is not going well because yeah. the Mormons are really poor. Like the the group of people who join, they're just really poor, and it's it's not like they have a lot of money to get there. So they'll spend like everything they have, and then they'll arrive with no job, right? No place to stay. So like that's a problem. Nothing to contribute. Mm-hmm. And they were also practicing communal living. So in the Book of Acts. Uh, the very first Christians kind of had a little communist society, and so they were trying to mimic this. Okay. But again, everybody was really poor. Right. So it didn't really matter. So that's a problem. But then all these really, really poor people with no prospects, no anything to really contribute, are like, this is our promised land. And so the residents of Missouri are like, what the actual fuck, you guys? Right. You're what like, are you no, doing? You can leave now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in eight, like in 1834, more and more people coming in, and the Missourians are not happy, so they start doing things like kicking the Mormons out of town. Or the, the Mormons put all of their money together. They buy a printing press. They're going to be push, publishing their religious documents. And so the Missourians burn the printing press to the ground. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of harsh. Yeah. It, I mean, it is, it is real <laughs> that, harsh, that you guys. That somehow <laughs> seems worse than kicking you out of town. <laughs> yeah. And in, in all this, Rockwell, he's... A big, burly guy with a gun in the middle of this. Yeah. It's going on for years. So, let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Have you ever heard of the Mormon War of 1838? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still stuck on... Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if he does get injured by a bullet, he's probably going to die, so it won't matter that Joseph Smith was wrong. <laughs> I know, right? But... We're not even there yet. <laughs> the wa- there's uh-huh. a Mormon war? Yeah. Okay, how many people have to be involved for it to count as a war? Mm, upwards of 20,000. How many wizards do you think there are in Britain? <laughs> <laughs> well, because... there was one prophet of God. and <laughs> So it's June, everybody. June 1838. We are on the westernmost edges of Missouri, frontier towns, mobocracy. So the governor of Missouri at the time is a man named Lilburn Boggs. And Lilburn. Lilburn. So we care about Boggs a lot. We do. We really do. Now, here's where historical controversy really, I mean, it occurs. But you have the, you have, so you have the Mormons. Yes. And you have the Missourians, fisticuffs, right? So the Missourians, they have, you know, a militia. Yeah. And so the Mormons, they have the Danites. And the Danites, depending on your point of view, this was either a sanctioned group of Mormon fighters, a secret militia, if you will, that was created by and on behalf of Joseph Smith. Okay. Okay. Or it's a secret group of ruffians and Joseph Smith had no idea, but it was really convenient that they always <laughs> sided with everything that benefited Joseph. Um, I, again, I'm going to go ahead and just choose mm-hmm. a side. <laughs> <laughs> the well, second one seems a little unlikely. You know, um, but we do know with certainty that the primary like founding member of it was a man named Samson Avard. And one of the key members was Oren Porter Rockwell. Well, because he had a gun. And he was always around. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is he where... He just leave. <laughs> so I need to give you... Um, I'm going to read two little excerpts that will give you some context for what happens immediately next. Because remember Boggs. We care about this we, guy. We care about Boggs. Mm-hmm. I got it. Yep. So June 17th, 1838... 
Sidney Rigdon, a spokesman for Joseph Smith, delivers a sermon called the Salt Sermon. Okay. We, t- we take God and all the holy angels to witness this day that we warn all men in the name of Jesus Christ to come on us no more forever from this hour. We will bear it no more. Our rights shall no more be trampled on with impunity. The man or set of men who attempts it does so at the expense of their lives. And the mob that comes on us to disturb us, to disturb us, it shall be between us and them a war of extermination. For we will follow them until the last drop of their blood is spilled. Or else they will have to exterminate us. For we will carry the seat of war to their own houses and their own families. And one party or other will be utterly destroyed. Remember it then, all men. Does this sound like the Mormons you know today? Like say, N- no, no, but Mm-mm. that is kind of badass, right? <laughs> it is super freaking Listen, badass. Come at me one more time. I'm gonna fucking kill yeah. everyone you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple days later, um, the Danite Manifesto is released. Mm-hmm. We have solemnly warned you that in the most determined manner, that if you do not cease this course of wanton abuse of the cint- citizens of this county that vengeance would overtake you sooner or later, that when it, when it did come, it would be as furious as the mountain torrent, as terrible as the beating tempest, and vengeance, vengeance sleepeth not. That one sounds more sermon-like than the first one. I think they right? should have swapped them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, so like, this is widely circulated, and the Danites, I mean, were they protecting their people from persecution? Well, that, or, was, that was my question. Uh-huh. So... When the Mormons show up in Missouri with nothing, Mm -hmm. are they displacing people, stealing land? Like, are they... They are... Or was it just more like, "Mm, no, we don't want you here? What... There was a program at the time where you could buy land on credit. Mm -hmm. So the idea was you would move there. You could get a parcel of land for free or very, very low. Right. And then about, say, two years later, you would start paying it back. So the Mormons moved in. Right. But they were doing this communal living thing. And so any money that they're earning, they're giving to the church. And so Joseph had some real nice houses. They were building a real nice temple in Ohio. So all these banknotes are coming due across the board defaulting on it okay Mm -hmm. so it is fair that they were like now you need to leave yes they were okay Mm -hmm. and there's also around this time there's a thing that's still called the depredations and so it's all perspective (laughs) but it's really the, the concept that um the the mormons they would go to a town and they would say loot a bunch of stuff Okay, <laughs> <laughs> or not, and then but then the Missourians would go and they would steal things, or they're just taking their stuff back. Gotcha. Yeah. So okay, and, but it it goes from we don't like them to everyone is stealing from each other to shots are being fired. Right. So right. well, and after a while, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter who did what. Like no. it's not going to mm-hmm. resolve. But yeah. okay, yeah. So it gets it gets real bad, like seriously bad. And Governor Boggs, in charge of this whole reason, region, he dealt with this in a very hands-off approach. So, like, he would sign requisition orders and authorize actions for the militia, but he never actually went. Like, gotcha. he, yeah, and he would just kind of hope it would fizzle out as winter's approaching, but it did not. So, for example, um, at one point, the Mormons intercepted an official shipment of Missouri militia guns, and they just took the guns. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. 
when God is on your side, you can do whatever the hell you want, right? Yeah. It's really convenient that way. It is. But but September to October 1838, um, the, the militias, Missouri militias are surrounding Missouri settlements. And if they're not chasing them out of town, um, there is a massacre at Hans Mill. Like, they just shoot the Missourians, <sighs> including children. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Which, if you think is oh is real bad, it gets it gets worse. And so, and you would think that say Governor Boggs would go in and he'd like be like, okay, let's sit down, let's talk about yeah, this. At this point, now mm-hmm. I need to take action. He took action. October twenty seventh, eighteen thirty eight. Governor Boggs issues Missouri Executive Order forty four, more commonly known as the Mormon Extermination Order. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to be fair. Yes. <laughs> they did say, we will mm-hmm. either exterminate you or you will have to exterminate us. They mm-hmm. only gave him two options. They did. he wasn't about to choose the first Yeah. One. <laughs> so this is what he said. The Mormons must be treated as enemies and must be exterminated or driven from the state if necessary for the public peace. I just also feel that if you're a political figure, mm-hmm. exterminate should never appear no. in a written document. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So this... Um, <laughs> This Mormon extermination order wasn't removed from Missouri laws until 1976. <gasps> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yes. That was far, far too not long enough ago. Yeah. And we aren't even to the crime yet. But the crime doesn't make sense if you don't know this. So. I feel like uh-huh. there is a lot of crime happening, <laughs> yes. actually, Murray. <laughs> <laughs> so Mormon war is happening. I am skipping over so much. Um, everyone, you can go to my show, my Book of Mormon podcast, and we did a two-parter called The Mormon War of 1838. I feel yeah. like that is in my immediate future, yeah, actually. It is, it is a thing. <laughs> and then next week, I'll be like, guess what I learned? You oh already know all this. <laughs> so Joseph Smith eventually surrenders, and the Danites are officially disbanded. Sam- Interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. Samson Avard, remember him, the leader of the Danites? Yeah. Uh, the Mormons excommunicated him. And over the winter, all of the Mormons resettled to Nauvoo, Illinois, including Porter Rockwell. He uh, he managed to escape along with a man. Um, like when, when Joseph was arrested, it was kind of a mm-hmm. round up all the leaders situation. Yeah. Um, which they did get most of the leaders at the time, but a couple people managed to... Uh, Run away. Let's yeah. just say run away, including Rockwell and a man you may have heard of, Brigham Young. That does sound familiar. Yeah. Brigham Young University. Yeah. Pretty much every apartment complex in Salt Lake City is Brigham something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So we're now in. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. The Danites, don't worry. They're disbanded. So everyone settles in Nauville, Illinois, except that the same guys that were the Danites just happened to be the police force. I mean, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I thought that maybe they weren't even officially, like, part of anything sanctioned. Oh, it's just real convenient, isn't it? But then how do you disband something that you didn't sanction? I have no idea. Hush. Don't think of such things. Don't think. (laughs) So stop. Yeah, that critical thinking you're doing, just slow it. So uh, Joseph Smith eventually gets out of prison, which is a story for another day. Mm-hmm. And he joins everyone in Nauvoo and he gets himself a bod- bodyguard. Want to guess who is his bodyguard? I, I mean, I feel like it's probably a guy with a gun. 
guy by the name of Oren Porter Rockwell. Yeah, that one. Oh, yeah. Burly guy yep. with a gun mm-hmm. who doesn't cut his hair. Yeah, so Joseph allegedly prophesied that Lilburn Boggs would die by violent means. Oh, that's convenient. Convenient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Boggs finishes his term in 1840, and in 1842, due in large part to how well he handled the Mormon conflict, he's elected to the Senate. Wow. Mm-hmm. I just, again, with the word exterminate. I think it's time for the part where everything gets interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure I can handle much more interesting. (laughs) It's late February 1842, and Luana Rockwell is pregnant with Porter Rockwell's fourth child. And she decides that she wants to have her baby at her mom's place, by her mom and dad's place, which, you know, girl, same. Yeah, Yeah, it's nice to have family support. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So their other three children stay with family friends, and, uh, you know, the Rockwells make the trek down to Independence, Missouri. Oh, no. Mm hmm. Because not all of the Mormons left. Some of them stayed. Some of they them just, are like, still there to this hide? day. Um, How do you not get exterminated? They broke away from Joseph. They just were yeah. quiet enough mm-hmm. that no one cared. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Okay. So let's recap. Joseph Smith has promise- prophesied that the promised land where God will return is Independence, Missouri. Yep. Governor Boggs and Missouri militia forcibly removed the Mormons from Independence. Boggs gets elected to the Senate because of it. And four years later, Joseph, chief bodyguard, just happens to be back where it all started. Yeah. So Rock- and he should yeah. be taking care of his wife. Right. So, that, you know. That's important at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so what he does is he gets himself a short-term job working with horses to support his growing family until the baby is old enough to travel back to Nauvoo. The baby is born. All's well. He's working with horses. Okay. Cool. May 6th. Mm-hmm. 1842. Mm-hmm. It's raining. It's muddy out. It's mm-hmm. evening. So Boggs is sitting inside his home. His back is to the window and his children are playing on the floor or just, you know, being in the room, but like not in between him and in the window, which is good because a pistol full of buckshot fires through the window. Uh-huh. One bullet enters the back of Boggs's skull. The other went right into his jaw. Two entered his throat, one of which he swallowed. Wow. Mm -hmm. So Boggs' teenage son hears the shot. He runs into the room and sees his father unconscious unconscious in the chair with, and I apologize, everyone. His jaw was not exactly fully attached. I... <laughs> but dramatically I mean, just dropped what I was holding. <laughs> you did. I mean, it was it was attached on one side, so yeah. you know that's just cool. Not mm-hmm. exactly fully attached. Yeah. Good news: the children were unharmed. I yes. Yes, there were thirteen buckshot holes found in the room. Wow. Uh huh. And so a doctor and the sheriff are called immediately, right? And they look He's out. Still alive. <laughs> Wait for it. So they look outside the window and in the mud, they find a pistol and the gun. It was of a make that should have had like it has four chambers and three of them are full and one is empty. And they looked in the three that were full and it's like it's meant for one bullet. Yeah. And instead it was just crammed full of buckshot and it was loaded in such a way that the kick would have like the recoil would have kicked the gun out of the gunman's hand. So probably what happened is that like, yeah, you know, too much gunpowder you know in this gun yeah it fires and whoever whoever 
Whoever. Whoever. Like, I mean, no, no idea, idea, right? Who. No yeah. idea. Yep. Drops the gun and runs away. So they do find some footprints, but it is also 1842. So it's not like you can see CSI this, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, plus it's raining. Like you're not yeah. going to get them anyway. Yeah. But townsfolk are like, what is happening over there? Let's go check it out. And so a baker by the man, by the name of Olinger or Hulinger, you know. Yeah. Um, he looks at the gun. He's like, that's mine. Remember, it was stolen from my shop yesterday. And it was. Well, I know who steals guns. <laughs> well, he also knows who came in and said, hey, that's a real pretty gun. Man by the name of Rockwell. Gee. And the gun disappears. So who did it? Hmm. Here's what we know about Rockwell. <laughs> <laughs> so that evening, uh, his wife and infant, um, they are tucked into bed. And he's like, I'm going to go saddle a horse and I just have some stuff to do. I'm going to leave for a ride. Just- it's yep. raining. It's mm-hmm. a lovely day yep. for a ride. He just happens to be a couple miles away from Senator Boggs. He happens to have a loose connection to the pistol, and he is gone. So next day, Luana and the infant, they are, they're still in independence, but Porter Rockwell, nope. <laughs> May 14th, 1842, nine days later, he arrives in Nauvoo, Illinois. Now, here's the thing. Without his wife and child. Without his wife and child. Without saying, he's just, he is gone. So if you look at Google Maps, I'm going to save everybody some searching here. Yeah. That's a four and a half hour drive today, around 250-ish miles, or an 82-hour walk from Independence to Nauvoo. So he had a horse. He did have a horse. But given where Boggs' home was and where the Mormons were living at the time, mm-hmm. it's closer to 300 miles. So that means in 1842, mm-hmm. in frontier America, he was moving between 25 and 35 miles a day for nine days. Holy shit. May 15th, 1842, one day after Rockwell arrives in Nauvoo, news of Senator Boggs' shooting arrives when the, a leader in the church preaches it from the pulpit that <gasps> Senator Boggs has been shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> New official newspaper news didn't arrive till several days after that. No, I'm sure, because that mm-hmm. was, yeah, already mm-hmm. super fast. Yeah. Gee, I wonder how he possibly could have known. <laughs> no idea. So for weeks, um, all the papers assumed that Senator Boggs would pass away and occasionally obituaries would be printed. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I so yeah. hope nobody ever prints my obituary oh while my I'm still alive. Yeah. The good news here is that Boggs survived. I find that amazing. So mm-hmm. I find that amazing, not because the bullets didn't kill him, but that he didn't just die from mm-hmm. an infection or like yeah. some bizarre medical treatment yeah. or, wow. Yeah. So the like in, in all of this, uh, Boggs, he holds on. And by July, all the news articles shift from, he's definitely going to die, to, oh my gosh, he survived. (laughs) Who did it, right? Whoops, what about that obituary we published? Yeah, oops. (laughs) (laughs) Retract, retract. Um, So the good news of him, um, he recovers basically fully. He and his family move to California in 1846. And he retires to a ranch in Napa County in 1855. Passes away in 1860 at the age of 64. Not violently? Not violently. He just, Hmm. he lives out his life. Also, if that happened to me in Indiana, in Missouri. Missouri. Or Indiana. Or Indiana. Yeah. Florida, Alaska. I I also would move. Yes. I would (laughs) would move. He moved. Yes. But 
back to the Mormons. <laughs> so <laughs> in the whole whodunit, like everybody is looking at the Mormons. So let me take a quote. Um, it's from a man, John C. Bennett. Uh, he was at this time, he was a leader in the church, but he rapidly became not uh, because he, while he was a member of Joseph Smith's inner circle, he got caught um, seducing women with the promise that he could give them an abortion if they got pregnant. Mm. He, uh, yes. He reported that Joseph Smith had offered a cash reward to anyone who assassinated Boggs and Rockwell had made a veiled threat against Bennett if Bennett publicized that. So maybe Bennett was just a disillusioned apostate who rejected God and was spreading lies. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I think that's very, I mean, that's really mm-hmm. definitely what happened. The rest yes. of it was just coincidence. Yeah. So Rockwell was uh, reported to be suddenly flush with cash. Total coincidence. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, again, remember, while the Danites were technically disbanded in 1838, all these guys were the police force in Nauvoo, right? So yeah. whenever anybody would come to, you know, do some investigating, a little thing called the Whistlin' and Whitlin' Brigade would come out. So this would be all the children, all the children would come out and they would just kind of follow everybody around and whistle and whittle. And the Danites would just kind of stand there and look. <laughs> And it would just intimidate the hell out of any visitors or investigators. Like, you yeah. wouldn't even need the Danites if all mm-hmm. the children were following me around with little knobs yeah. whistling. I uh-huh. would go home. Yeah. So, I mean, I just need to take a moment to say, however you feel about Mormons today, this is not who Mormons were in 1842. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, August 8th, 1842, Joseph Smith and Rockwell were arrested and placed in the Adams County Jail, which is one county south of Nauvoo. But you will be shocked to learn that Joseph Smith, who was the religious leader of the Mormons and also mm-hmm. the mayor of the town, mm-hmm. and his followers were all of the leaders of the area, they were out in two days. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Joseph fled to Iowa for several months, and we're done caring about him because we care about Rockwell. Am I right? I thought we cared about Boggs. I, I, we do, I don't have we, enough care to go. Yeah, like, no. whatever. Boggs, he's fine. He's recovering. He's fine. He moves to California. He lives a good life. Lots of wine. Mm-hmm. So much freaking wine. Yeah. So Rockwell is, he's apprehended. He's not apprehended till the next March. So he basically just flees in August. They catch him in March. He briefly escapes from jail in May, but comes back in. Oops. <laughs> but Rockwell's <laughs> reputation as a deadly gunman was very clear. So at his trial, literally, this is the defense they, they did. He said he never shot at anybody. If I shoot, they get shot. Yeah. So like, I don't miss. And Joseph yeah. Smith, he, uh, when investigators asked him about the accusations and Rockwell's involvement, Smith denied it because it would have couldn't have been Rockwell because Boggs is still alive, isn't he? I... <laughs> That takes a lot of balls. Uh-huh. It does, <laughs> doesn't it? To be your defense. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. But remember, everything they had on him was circumstantial. Everything. And yet, I'm 100% convinced. Uh-huh. I probably yep. shouldn't be on that jury, but at the same time, like, he needs to go to jail. <laughs> well, though, he was never, he was never su- successfully indicted for the attempted oh my assassination. God. Mm-hmm. There wasn't enough and, uh, evidence. So he was tried and convicted of the jailbreak, um, but Rockwell maintained his innocence. Grand jury was like, too much circumstantial evidence. Sorry. Wow. And so he was released on December 13th, 1843, 10 months after his arrest. 
So what happens next, right? Oh my God. <laughs> so Rockwell sticks by Joseph's side and on June 27th in 1844, Joseph Smith's house of cards falls apart spectacularly and he's killed by a mob. That's a story for another day. But Rockwell finds himself in need of a new boss and the religion needs a new prophet, Brigham yeah. Young. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So the Mormons, for the most part, uh, they pack up eventually and they leave Illinois and they move to the Mexico territory. Mm -hmm. uh, there were some real issues with counterfeiting, polygamy, yeah. Yeah. money laundering. Yeah. yeah, there's, uh, you know, all of this. And so they literally left America, moved to Mexico. Right. Into a valley uh, by a really great Salt Lake. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a tribe there called the Oots. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, Rockwell? And inconvenient, or inconveniently. <laughs> yeah, inconveniently. They, and, mm, there are lots of stories there. Yeah. <laughs> also not for today. So, Ro Rockwell died in the summer of 1878, and he'd been a member of the church longer than anyone else then living. Did he get shot? Nope. Damn it. I'm really hoping that's how it would end. <laughs> at his funeral service, Elder Joseph F. Smith, of um, a leading council at the time, he's a big deal. Because uh, he shared the same name with yes. Joseph Smith. <laughs> there's, oh, there's a lot. Mm. Anyway, he said at the funeral, he had his little faults, but Porter's life on earth, taken altogether, was one worthy of example and reflected honor upon the church. <laughs> Though all his trials, he had never once forgotten his obligation to his brethren or his, his God. Or, <laughs> uh, the author Fitzhugh Ludlow in 1870 wrote a book called The Heart of the Continent, a record of travel across the plains and in Oregon with an examination on the Mormon principle. Here's what he said. But Porter Rockwell was that most terrible instrument that can be handled by fanaticism, a powerful physical nature welded to a mind of very narrow perceptions, intense convictions, and changeless tenacity. In his build, he was a gladiator. In his humor, a Yankee lumberman. In his memory, a bourbon. In his vengeance, an Indian. A strange mixture only to be found on the American continent. And that is the story of Oren Porter Rockwell. <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> wow it just mm -hmm. sounds fake it, it does it sounds it? fake from start to finish mm -hmm. it it is absolutely true it's kind of like someone was like we should write a book and the mm -hmm. person next to them was like no no no, let's just do it yeah <laughs> basically and i you know, like People ask me, why do you do your podcast? Why do you? I'm like, right. you guys, this is why I do this show. Right. And I, yeah. <laughs> that is just amazing. Mm -hmm. I it, love it. Yeah. If you read the, all, like all these revelations that Joseph Smith had, yeah. like they're all written down, including the ones that never made it in. So you right. can, you can read through it and like Wikipedia exists and yeah. Official papers, so you can see all these names and you can find this history. And so it's like, yeah, you're reading religious stuff, but you're reading history and you watch all of this develop. And it is yeah. violent, very violent. Yeah. That's just insane. It, mm -hmm. It's just because all of the, I mean, like the Bible would be the same way, right? It's oh, yeah. extremely violent. It's yeah. all like just absolutely bizarre. 
but it was so long ago that you're like, yeah, but it's just because people kept telling it over and over again. (laughs) No, this was like, Mm -hmm. no, it's just that just happened. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to see the actual newspapers? Right. You can do that. You can do that. They're in the special archives. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I liked that story. Thank you. <laughs> I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> My next one, because I, I am hoping that I can come back. You may absolutely Thank come back. you, because I there are more stories. I I believe it. I feel like that I feel like there are spin-off stories from this. There are. Um I have I have one from the nineteen eighties. Which is when we were born. I know, and that this other one, also crazy pants. And like fifty years after yeah. Diana was born. <laughs> Diana, I love you. Oh, I like burn. Ooh, She's ooh. not in the room, She's so not, I can no. say it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. That was fascinating. I like it. All right. So let's move on because I know that you know all the segments. So let's move I, on to the next one. I do know lots of your segments. Yes, because now is the time. Oh, wait. This is when you talk about podcasts that you've been listening to and yes. recommend them to others. I know. But I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Okay. For a couple reasons. I mean, the most obvious reason being like, we should talk about your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the second also really real reason is that I've only been listening to binge mode. So okay, yeah. I have lots to say, but it's about stuff I've already talked about. Yeah. So, well, if, if anybody listened to that story and was like, um, I think I need to know more, uh, that would be me <laughs> right here. Yeah, yes. So, I mean, I have all your episodes downloaded you do, on my yes. phone. <laughs> so. Um, I've definitely found that for my show, the, the people who listen tend to be the extreme religious nerds like me. Yeah. Um, or they used to be Mormon and then they've left or they're thinking of leaving, but they've never read like every single aspect of all of the paper. Like nobody mm-hmm. reads that. Like yeah. nobody, nobody does that. And so they're listening to us so they can learn about it. And also it's kind of fun to play along with the drinking game. <laughs> so do they ever then decide, yeah, I'm going to stick with it? Occasionally. Really? I, I, yes, I do have true believing believers that they, uh, they definitely listen to my show and they'll email me very nice emails every once in a while. Yeah. Like, you're just not understanding this correctly. And then they'll give an apologist view of whatever I'm saying. And I'm like, that's interesting. But here's what the actual text says. So I yeah. get that you have an interpretation, but I'm going with what it says. So then do you call that out on the next episode and say, so I got mm-hmm. this really great email. Sure, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah, like we have a the beginning of every episode that we have. It's like if there's an interesting comment that like if we if we mess something up, like we just we are yeah. very open. Own like, it. Whoops. Um, uh, that would be me every week, guys. Yeah. Here, I'm just going to own it. I messed <laughs> 10 things up today. <laughs> yeah. So like, if you go back and you listen to our Mormon War episodes, mm-hmm. like the first 20 minutes of the first episode, we're talking about how the leadership of the church was structured mm-hmm. because it's very confusing because there's lots of groups of 12 old white dudes who are in charge and I mean, similar isn't that names. Like every. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I love. My, I have so much fun in there. And so I do it with my co-host. His name is Bryce Blankenagel. Mm-hmm. And he also has his own podcast, which I highly recommend, where it is straight history. And so his oh. is called Naked Mormonism. Na- I know. <laughs> Naked Mormonism. Yep. Ooh, that doesn't sound <laughs> terribly appealing. No. <laughs> no, so his, uh, he, he's doing the the actual like deep dive of the 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 hardcore research of all of it and so mm-hmm. is his 
history from an outsider's point of view, or does he take the texts and like that also counts as historical mm-hmm. record? Yes. So he was he was raised Mormon, but left the church um, before he went on his mission. So he left when he was like sixteen ish mm-hmm. or so, and then he started actually researching like who are these names, and he's um, he's he's. <laughs> the level of research he's doing is astonishing. I'm just like reading stuff and having fun. Yeah. And on his show, he is actually making trips out to Kirtland oh, to wow. look at, you know, and he's interviewing leaders of the church and he's going like, and so his, um, his show is in chronological order. Mm-hmm. And so he started like back when Joseph receives his first vision that this is how the church is supposed to be. And then like going slowly through it. So right now I think he's actually in, the Nauvoo era mm-hmm. in the 1840s. And so he did a whole episode on um, Boggs getting shot. <laughs> and so it was, and I think it aired on July 25th, 2018. That is a, I and think it aired yeah. on this exact date. It's possible. I listened to it completely <laughs> yesterday. Okay. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it definitely said yeah. on my podcast player this morning. <laughs> Yeah, so he gets more into that, but also um, he goes in depth to like the character of John C. Bennett that I mentioned mm-hmm. and his, oh, yes, sleep with me. Everything's great. God told me that you should. And don't worry, I can give you an abortion. Right. Got a whole mess of that going on, too. Wow. <laughs> I just didn't realize it was also insanely fascinating. Also, I'm one of, I'm, I'm, and I've said it before, but I'm like the worst podcaster because I'm like, <laughs> listen, listen and interact and engage and leave us reviews. I just, don't do very well with that. <laughs> if it <laughs> so. helps, I have never once on my show ever asked anybody to go to iTunes to leave a review. No. I don't even know how to check. Like, I know there are some there. Yeah. I, n- zero clue. <laughs> so what we found is that we had to find like a, a collector, like somebody oh. that, and actually I, I think, Di- so this is, Diana's the structured, disciplined part of all of this. Ah. <laughs> so I believe that she pays for a subscription service okay. that does that. In cl- because iTunes in every country, if I live in Australia and mm-hmm. I leave a review, it's on Australia's iTunes. And I'm not going to be able to see it. But I also can't see it because I don't Apple if I can help it. Yeah. I'm. Mm. Yeah. I, I just I love... I love interacting with people and the yeah. emailing back and forth and the tweeting. So like, yeah. I mean, I'm on Twitter at my book of Mormon, you know, and I'm, I'm on there and I have, you can email me if you'd like comments at my book of Mormon podcast.com. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And like, it's just, we, Bryce and I, we have so much fun with Mormon history. Cause I think people who don't know anything about it, like the only Mormons that they know are like Donnie and Marie Osmond. Woo. Yeah. Or Mitt Romney. Yay. Right. Or like, hey, don't they all live in Utah? I think that's where they all live. Yeah, like, something with that. Yeah. Not, not very, mm-hmm. or know a couple, like me, I know a couple mm-hmm. names. Like yeah. Joseph Smith. Yeah, that totally sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. I got that. Yeah, but it's also, it, like, the, this, clearly the history is a lot more interesting than you think it is. Mm-hmm. But Mormons in American society and world society, like, they're they're everywhere. You just don't really notice it. But like, right. um, this uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee in the prior term, mm-hmm. one quarter of that was Mormon. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like when Senator Jeff Flake was responding to everything during the Kavanaugh hearings, he wasn't responding to America. There was a group of Mormon women who had written official letters. He was responding to those letters. He was like every like if you ever saw him on 
like every everything he was only yeah. talking to mormons but nobody else knew it is it just terribly judgmental of me to think it is absolutely bizarre for people to believe in something that was created a century and a half ago like well or what it's all perspective like yeah. maybe joseph smith was a divine revelator it just seems like I don't know, like the magic of like the magic that's involved in any kind of religion, Mm -hmm. right? That should have occurred a really long time ago. Well, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. You you guys, I I don't have an answer for you there, but I I do know that. Yeah, it's a like Utah is a thing. Yeah, it just it happens to be a recent thing. Like my house is as old as Utah. Wow. Right. You've been in my house, and it's, it's old, but it's in very good condition. But we're a new country yeah and this is a new religion well and i think that's the thing is like i even though i have only ever been american like i don't really take our history terribly seriously because Mm -hmm. i feel like it's only been for the last second or so yeah and everywhere else has more history yeah so it's uh, it's just so Mm -hmm. what a weird thing i've never thought about (laughs) Well, I'm really grateful that I was able to come on here and talk to you yeah, about it. Me too. I'm really excited yeah. to go listen to your podcast. <laughs> so uh, next week, my mm-hmm. my podcast that I have been listening to will yes. be My Book of Mormon. <laughs> well, right right now, if you were to head over to My Book of Mormon podcast, available wherever you find podcasts. Yes. Uh, what we're doing right now is we're reading the non-canon revelations. Yes. So everything that Joseph wrote down and that's like you can go to any mormon church and pick up a copy of it and you can read it's called the doctrine and covenants but not everything got printed but we still have the original books so let's read the stuff that just didn't make it in which is also weird mm-hmm. to me yep like how do you determine <laughs> which one it's well as far as we can tell some of them like because you don't ultimately know because you have a book from a while ago right like yeah but some of them, um, it's revelations that just definitely never came true. Before, like he would give a revelation, yeah, stuff would happen where clearly it was never going to occur, and so that pa- page just didn't make it into the printing. That's awfully convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but <laughs> others like it's just administrative, repetitive stuff, and so now yeah, we don't need to do that. Okay, that that makes yeah. me feel better. About yeah, so that sometimes part, it's but, that, but yeah. also. Yeah, there was also a bunch of infighting in his scribes because Joseph Smith, he wasn't very great at writing. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so he, he would always have a friend do the writing for him. Gotcha. And some of those guys, like Sidney Rigdon, the spokesman that I mentioned, yeah. um, he really wanted to be in charge. Right. He was expecting Joseph to like go on his merry way and then Sidney would take over, which didn't happen. Um, but then there's another, another scribe, Oliver Cowdery, and Oliver Cowdery is suddenly Joseph's new best friend, and Sidney is very jealous. And so he goes and he just crosses out this whole section that says that Oliver is important and it never gets published. Gotcha. Right? So they were teenage girls. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they were <laughs> squabbling for power. Wow. Yeah. So if I go and start your podcast, like, you know, maybe oh, tonight. Oh, God. Where, um, where do I start? Do I go oh. all the way back to episode one? And people ask us mm-hmm. that too, like when when I'm talking to somebody at work or somebody yeah. I've just met, and I don't know the answer because oh, I don't know the answer for mine because with with my show, 
I didn't start it. Right. It, yeah, because it was started in 2014 by a man named David Michael. And right. he started reading the Book of Mormon. And then I, it was my favorite podcast. But then he got a big promotion at work right around when he started reading the Doctrine and Covenants. So right. these revelations by Joseph Smith. And so he put out a little thing on the main feed uh, saying, hey, anybody want my show? And so I sent him a bullet pointed list of why <laughs> I should take over his show. <laughs> <laughs> and so I talked with Bryce for about half an hour and was like, sure, let's give it a shot. And so we've been doing it for two and a half years. Yeah. Now. Um, yeah. So it's I would say if you wanted to just listen to something and just kind of get an idea of what's going on. Uh, this last summer in 2018, Bryce and I did a presentation at Sunstone Symposium, and you'll see it in the like in the the show yeah. like names because um, we'd finished reading the Doctrine and Covenants, and so we qu- kind of give an overview of like the history and the things we learned. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So like that would give you a really solid foundation of oh, here's some context. Right. Which so then, I definitely mm-hmm. would need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Um, so, but you can basically just kind of. You can go, th- like, you can see when I took over, because there's mm-hmm. a show that's called Introducing Marie in 2016, <laughs> right? That's <you> <laughs> what so David Michael did a very fine job, but, like, he needed to work on his day job. Yeah. 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 So, like, if you're just going to listen, if you want to listen to the history, mm-hmm. um, anything Doctrine and Covenants start around, you know, whenever I show up. And I'd never done it before, so the first ones are a bit rough, but. I, that Well, that's, that's why how, I never know is. how to say yeah, I don't, where to start, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I'm going to reference episode one all the time, but I also know it sucked. So, like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, honestly, you pick up just randomly in the middle of the Doctrine and Covenants. You'll you'll join along because <laughs> I didn't know any of this when I started. Yeah. Bryce knew it. So he was teaching me. So you can just oh, follow nice. along on my journey of learning right. it all. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. I love your, like, I guess cover art. I don't know what the right but <laughs> where it's yeah. like you've crossed out and <laughs> amended. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah because it was it, the original art was my book of Mormon. my my book of more it was the book of mormon the book of mormon yeah the book of mormon like in the actual like font yeah and then it said and david yeah and so then i i just had my friend cross it out and put Anne marie <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so i like it mm-hmm. i like it awesome so you guys should definitely join me in listening to marie's podcast oh, i'm really you. excited um and what have you been listening to um i have been listening to a show called apocrypals okay <laughs> <laughs> it's two guys uh chris and benito and they are reading through the apocrypha and the books of the bible but they aren't like reading through it they're just talking about the stories right which are wild yeah like there are exploding exploding wizards in the bible did you know that i i didn't but now there suddenly it's more yeah. appealing <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you know you're, you're reading along and then you're like learning just some basic word structure in hebrew yeah and so and so of course the the term for that is abba and then abba music plays like nice i have laughed so hard because right. i did a halloween special where you know like Jesus goes down to hell, right? And so you that have to play seems... Monster Mash in the background oh of that. <laughs> Obviously. Nice. <laughs> also, I think mm-hmm. I'm beginning to understand like your interests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I have been um I have interrupted coworkers with my laughing at work as I'm listening to Apocrypals. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, man, I'm real fun <laughs> to have at parties, you guys. Just 
I mean, you can talk about exploding wizards, and mm-hmm. I'll talk about people who think they're wizards that blow people up. And we'll I think just, it's great. <laughs> that's that, going to be great. <laughs> that's where we are. Nice. <laughs> awesome. All right, so you have some new things to listen to, but you also have some jobs. Not you, but them. They have jobs. I think that your dear listeners should go to iTunes and leave a five-star review because we like those the best. That is true. Marie is such a good listener. (laughs) Oh, I've listened to your show. I don't think I have it. They can, um, I think they can also wasn't it, leave reviews on other ones and let you know, and so then you'll listen to them, and it's like a chain of listening to podcasts. Yeah, and it, was, and, it was originally like, if you leave us a review, then we will go out and each leave a review ah, for was, something. But then this season, we were like, I mean, still, please leave us a five-star yes. review, but we're going to continue to listen to podcasts anyway, so yeah. let's be real. We'll just mm-hmm. tell you about them. So, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Although, if you do, I mean, of course, we will shout you out. Mm-hmm. And I am bad. I think there's at least one in the email that I am not shouting out this time because I'm just not going to get to it. <laughs> also, uh, I'm here and the computer is way over there. It's true. And, like, the way I have set <laughs> things up here, you guys, it is not logistically convenient <laughs> to go look at that. My it's apologies. Not. That's on me. And there's been just a little <laughs> chaos in the just world recently. And so, yeah, it's, I'm just not prepared yeah it's not mormon war of 1838 chaos but it's getting there yeah Mm -hmm. that's a terrifying thought thank you now i will not be able to sleep (laughs) mission accomplished (laughs) but i I do think that you guys should go over to their instagram and follow their instagram crime crazy pod i believe yes yes because like okay you guys in, in case you didn't think I was a nerd. So your shows come out and then I go to Instagram and I look at the pictures. Yeah. Like there was the one where you, you the car um, flipped and <laughs> went sideways in into the house. Yes. And that wasn't the winning picture of the the week because there was a crazier story. And I'm like, what? So uh, you, what you got to do is you got to go to the Instagram because uh, spoiler alert, there's going to be a picture of Orrin Porter Rockwell on there and his fabulously long hair. Awesome. Yeah. So any hair? Was he not allowed to cut any hair? Uh, he. There is a, a, a rumor that um, when he was out in Utah, there was a widow who had lost her hair for some reason. And so he cut his long locks of hair, got turned into a wig, and then he grew it all back. I mean, I feel like that should not count against him. Yeah. But like the like, one uh-huh. thing he did, good. In yeah. The world. Right. But basically, as soon as Joseph uh, said, hey, don't cut your hair. He did not cut his hair. Big beard. I wonder what I can make him do. Mm -hmm. Don't cut your hair. God. (laughs) Yes. Huh. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. We will definitely. And I I am going to make so much effort to uh, (laughs) post all these pictures because usually Diana handles all of them. Yes. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll send you a link to Orrin Porter Rockwell. (laughs) Sounds good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. So Instagram is at Crime Crazy Pod. Twitter is at Crime Crazy Pod. I have set up an if trigger so that if I post something on Instagram, it'll automatically post on Twitter. So, Ooh. you know, wherever you want to go. <laughs> um, CrimeCrazyPodcast.com is the website and you can subscribe there also so that you get notifications when we post a new episode. So like when it's not when you would expect it to be, you'll still be notified. <laughs> Um, and our email address is crimecrazypodcast at gmail.com. Um, oh, no. Are you going to give advice? 
Oh, um, Diana always gives advice. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure the advice here is don't get in that car if there's a lumpy blanket in the back. Agreed. Yeah. It's pretty also, simple. when in doubt, make a prophecy that is convenient for you. <laughs> oh, it worked for Joseph Smith for a while. Yeah. 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 That's true. <laughs> and then, oops, mob. Yeah. So maybe perhaps don't start yeah, a don't. new religion. Just don't start a new religion. That's you can pretty much be safe with that. Just don't don't do it. Right. I mean, at least you won't be less safe that way. <laughs> um, also, call your people. Call your people. And don't end up on next week's episode. This is Malcolm had a cough and yeah. he kept on coughing directly into my face. Yeah, that is Sophie too. And then she gets more and more dramatic about it and coughs harder and harder even when she doesn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> well, Malcolm woke me up this morning at 530 in the morning oh, by going, gross, gross. And so I oh, run in there because I was no. expecting that he like barfed and he's like, there's boogers in my nose. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though. As mad as I would have been about being awoken that way, there I was, also there's yeah. so much relief. God, there was no barf. There was zero percent barf. Yeah, that's <sighs> far better. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay.